Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. Hi, crew. It's already five minutes past time to start. But when I was peeking out the uh, little square windows over there, it looked like everybody was still eating Oreos. So I decided I want happy bellies, happy minds when you walk in my room. Um, let's go ahead and get started. Well, I'm sure we'll have some people that come drifting in. Um, for those of you that have never met me before, um, my name is Jill McMahon. I'm a parishioner here. Um, I consider you family. So, hi, fam. How you doing? <laughs> have any of you seen me speak before? As suspected, thank you. I, you guys are all a glutton for punishment to continue to come back. I don't really understand it, um, but thank you. Uh, do most of you know what I do for a living? There was a one resounding yes. Did you hear that one resounding yes? And everybody else said no. Um, so just to formally introduce myself, I'm actually a local grief therapist. I specialize in loss to suicide. So what I do every day is pretty heavy. I work with families specifically that have lost a loved one to suicide. I don't prevent suicides. It's a very different skill. Um, I sit with people in dark moments. And as of January, it is, I believe, my 18th or 19th year of living in that world and choosing it over and over every single day. So it is something that I'm very passionate about. It is something um, that I feel very, very fortunate to be able to do for my life's work. I say that because what we're going to talk about today is very different from that. And so in some ways, I'm a little bit out of my wheelhouse. Um, my fam here trusts me so much that I just got the call and was like, hey, Jill, how's this? And I was like, okay, because that's what I do. Um, but I actually love that I was asked to speak on the topic of loving your neighbors and finding connection and connecting with one another because in all reality, that plays a giant role into what I do every single day. This world is feeling disconnected. As individuals, we are feeling disconnected each and every day. And in that disconnect comes darkness, comes irrationality, um, loneliness. Hence, it's 2020. And we've never lived in a time like this before. So again, honored to be invited. We're gonna touch a little bit today on maybe how we each as individuals can reconnect or start creating a reconnect um, in our own societies, in our own environments, in our own homes. So I have to tell you guys a funny story about this title. So um, gray is my favorite color, not literally, absolutely figuratively. I am not a black and white person. I am 100% a gray person. I believe that people are either like born black and white or they're born gray. They're best when they're combined together. So I just thought that I would introduce it into the title. So the original title was Embrace Your Shade of Gray. My mother-in-law, who we will for the next 40 minutes called Granny Franny, because that's what we call her. She lives in Oregon. She actually goes to Father Carey's parish, which is so ironic, so ironic. And she, she is my spiritual guru. She is my spiritual role model. She is amazing. So I was like, hey, Granny Franny, I got this presentation. I know I don't know why they're having me do this topic, but so I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need your mojo. And she's like, well, let's start with the title, shall we? 
So uh, I took shade out. So embrace your gray because it's where communication lies. Well, because I got to point it that direction. Yeah? No, Justin, what's up? Hold on. We may just stay here all day. I could do the Jill comedy hour. <laughs> John. Yay. John is biased because he's my friend. So forms of disconnect. This is, should seem so obvious to you two. And I'm going to present very similarly to the way Becky did. I loved her format. You know, we're going to talk about four major things. What, what is it that we're noticing around us? What does it cause? What's the definition of the problem and how can we change it? So um, Becky, by the way, would love to be my new next door neighbor. She, oh, Becky, Becky, you're here? Dang it. Oh, shoot, I shouldn't have even said her name. Now I'm intimidated. Becky, I would love to be your new best friend. We will talk later. Okay. It used to be first, first it was Scott Bagshaw, a little crush on him. Then it was Kevin and Father Eric. They can all literally move to the town next door. I just want Becky as my next door neighbor. All right, so really topic at hand. Forms of disconnect. And none of this is gonna be a surprise to any of you. And we could spend 45 minutes alone listing of hundreds of ways that we don't relate to one another, correct? First and foremost, generational. The teens, for example, or your toddlers, or your 20-year-olds, and the G-rents, that'd be grandparents, for the record, right? They're gonna see this world differently. Some don't have a lot of world experience. Some have more wisdom than anybody else can understand. Language, that's another form of disconnect. But it's not language just in, do you speak Spanish, French, Mandarin, or English? We speak a different language in our own towns. The neurologist is gonna see one topic very, very differently than the steel worker. But they're both gonna be sure that their way of thinking is the right way, correct? We do live in a world of dual languages, bi-languages, bi music. There's a disconnect in music these days. It's a whole different form of communication these days. Kids speak through music. Kids emote through music. You may be listening to classical. I sat in this session um, a few minutes ago with a Franciscan priest and we listened to the most beautiful music and it took me to a different place. My children could never relate to that, right? My next door neighbor may not be able to relate to that slang. So I just said the word G-rents. I actually told you what it meant, but rents. You know, rents has been a term. We call our parents rents. That has been a common slang term for at least 10 years. It's old now. They like almost don't even use it anymore. Slang is becoming more and more injected into our everyday lives and our sentences. And it's causing a disconnect. I just had to have my kids explain to me what bougie was last week. There were many different definitions of bougie and you gotta drip so hard. Look that one up. So I, I make fun, but these are ways that we are disconnected, right? We are getting very creative these days. Sexual identity. 
what do all of these definitions mean anyway, right? What are all these new terms that are being thrown in our direction mean anyway? You guys have heard the term transgender. You've heard the term bisexual. Do you know what cisgender what is? Do you know what non-binary identification is? Whew. There's a lot of information. There are a lot of new concepts. And if you choose just to stay in your mind with what you know and what you've always known, you're going to continue to be disconnected. Political, political disconnection, that goes without saying, right? Especially in this climate. A lot of people in our lives think that they are right and we are wrong. And sometimes we think that their right is our wrong. They think black and white, we think a shade of gray. These are all ways in which we are finding that we feel isolated. We feel separate. And so when that feeling of isolation and separation, what do we do? We just keep our thoughts to ourselves. Or we choose not to connect with somebody. We choose not to make that phone call like, oops, it was the Iowa caucus the other day. I better not call any of my family members. Right? I mean, we all do it to a certain extent but then we can make that excuse for almost everything. So, my question to you is, it worked. Identify your disconnect. So I'm gonna be honest, you guys have heard me speak a lot. Um, I'm soft and fluffy and oftentimes funny. Depends on the day. I'm gonna be a little hard on you today. Full disclosure. I'm gonna push you just a little bit because we just listed five disconnects. There's five million disconnects. That's great, that's fine. Now, which ones are you responsible for? How do you disconnect? Identify today, right here, Saturday, what is the date? Saturday, February 8th, identify today your own way of disconnecting. Your own way of being right, somebody else being wrong. Not your mom's, not your dad's, because of yes, as a therapist, I understand more than anybody, you know, we all have a history, we all come from a certain way of living, we're not all from Louisiana. I mean, some of us are from Colorado, some of us are from New York, some of us had really tough dads, some of us didn't have any parents at all. I, of, course, I, of course, I understand that and, you know, I believe in that. But you don't have to take any of that on today. You're adults. You make a choice today on to how you want to relate to the world, the relationships that you want to have, the boxes that you want to break out of. So don't ask yourself what your neighbor's problem is or how you got certain ways of thinking from your mother, I want you to look at your disconnect. How do you disconnect? And how does your disconnection impact others or impact the world? 45 minutes for me, people, is nothing. Y'all know that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna blip through some of these things. So I did some research and I will tell you the first thing that I was shocked about 
there are probably a hundred recent stories on the epidemic of loneliness in America. I had my choosing, and I mean from um, sources that I trust, right? Not, tw not Twitter. I'm talking Harvard Medical School. I'm talking the American Psychological Association. And what I landed on was a great, great um, report from Psychology Today speaking about disconnect in this culture. Basically, we are lonely amongst millions and millions and millions of us. Loneliness, or the feeling of being disconnected, causes serious hurt acting on the same part of the brain as physical pain. So, of course, I live in a world of depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, self-harm. That's what I do each and every day. I am very aware that those that ache inside are treated differently than those that ache on the outside, right? You can see a broken leg. You know when somebody has a broken rib. You can hear that cough. All of those things are not questioned, right? They're physical. What we suffer with or have difficulties with as our culture in particular is getting credibility to those things that are hurting on the inside. So that's why we're struggling with this big st stigma with mental health and mental illness because if somebody can't see it, they don't believe that it's a real problem, right? In much of the same way, what they're saying here is that loneliness impacts that section of the brain, the amygdala, not gonna get all that on ya. The amygdala is our feeling center. It sends signals to the amygdala in the same way that it would if you had a broken ankle, right? We just can't see it. Insufficient social connection is a bigger risk factor than obesity and equivalent to smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day and is a predictor for premature death. That's why I put that one up there. Wow, you guys. I mean, I hope you're sitting there and your brains are turning over. Who in your life do you know that may be at risk? Who, at your who in your life is detaching? Lonely people are more likely to die from cardiovascular disease, cancer, respiratory illness, and GI causes. One study that I found, I thought this was fascinating, said that fewer than three people, um, said that those with fewer than three people that they could confide in were more than twice as likely to die from heart disease. Amazing. So you may not be able to see it, but it's impacting all of us. Let's try again. So excited every time. So, going back to Becky's format because I really liked it. Becky, you still here? Okay. What is loneliness? What is loneliness? Now, I just threw all of these risk factors to you. I just, I just threw out causes of loneliness and disconnect because this is what this topic is about today. Love thy neighbor. How can we reconnect with our world? Loneliness is a perpetual state that depends more on the quality of a person's relationships than on the quantity, than on numbers. So, interesting fact about me, I know everybody. I don't know everybody, but I know a lot of people. 
I drive my family crazy. They have a hard time extracting me out of any social situation, out of any restaurant. I love, pe I love people, but I know a lot of people. But I will tell you, I only really have five that I have to have in my life. They're my army. Some people call them tribes. Some people call them crews. But I thrive off of those five. So you need to stop and think, well, you know, Aunt May's really social. She does things all the time. She's always busy. I'm sure she's fine. Is that true? Things aren't always as they appear. People with few friends can feel completely fulfilled while others with vast social networks can feel empty and disconnected. Absolutely, that's what I was just saying. And those that are married are not exempt. I thought this was really fascinating. In a study, 43% of those that reported feeling chronic loneliness were married. And our divorce rate is over 50% right now. You can live under the same roof with a partner and feel lonelier than you've ever felt in your entire life. Loneliness has also skyrocketed amongst adolescents. Um, we know that they're attached to social media all the time, right? We know, oh, I'm just saying, what I learned today about 2006, if I could just actually delete that whole year, life was so different before 2006. Right? But kids today, they don't know any different. This is what they know. Topic for another day, because I do often present on social media and teens and um, about how much we need to understand our children and speak their language, because social media is not going away. However, they may have a phone next to them frequently, and if they don't have a phone next to them, you're my 15-year-old daughter and you have your laptop in front of you, and you're probably streaming The Office or Friends, one or the other, but then you have Messenger up in the corner as well, so you're getting texts from your friends while you're watching your show, and you might be doing homework at the same time. So there are 20 different sources being flown in their directions at one time. How can they be disconnected? Is any of that emotional? Is any of that warm? Is there any depth to that form of communication. I love this phrase, you guys, so I'm going to say it to you twice. Without the demands, rewards, and intimacy, and genuine empathy, we are left feeling alone while together online. Let me say it again. Without the demands and rewards or intimacy, because every healthy communication actually has demands and rewards. I'm gonna have a difficult conversation with my boss today. I've had butterflies in my stomach about it for two weeks. That's the demand. There's something important that I need to say to stand up for myself. There's something important I need to say to you know, take a stand and move on to my next step to make it clear what works for me or doesn't work for me. The demand is you need to have the conversation. The demand is I need to do it face-to-face. -face. The demand is I'm going to have to look her in the eyes, and I'm going to have to say it. The reward is I said exactly what I needed to say. I got it off my chest. I spoke up for myself. All of a sudden, I'm standing a little taller. My shoulders are down a little more. My ears are up a little higher. Woo! I got some confidence, and I love myself. 
Intimacy is having that hard conversation about how a friend treats you, how a coworker treats you, how your mom treats you, and looking them gently in the eye while you're having the conversation. So they're not reading four block words across a screen. The intimacy can be shown in your eyes of, but I still love you. I just need something different from you, right? Genuine empathy is being lost. That's the end result. Because of the way that most of us, not all of us, communicate today, empathy is being lost. The skill of empathy is being lost. It is a skill that is learned when you are a child. Very, very young, the first time you help a friend who fell on the football field or who fell off his skateboard or you save that little ant and you bring it into the house and your mom screams at you to take it out. Empathy is something that is learned when we are little. It's not something that's text back and forth. So I'm not exempt, right? You guys know I'm a parent of two. I give a lot of parenting presentations, but that doesn't make me a great parent. I struggle every day like you guys struggle. I'm an independent, you know, independently employed individual. I struggle every day in my business. I'm human. I caught myself yesterday. A good friend sent me a text two days ago. Sent me a text two days ago, and it said, so, Jill, I had this epiphany I want to share with you. I had a horrible nightmare, and the next day had this devastating epiphany. When you have five minutes, can you call me? So, so fam, um, I will put others ahead of myself all the time, all day long. I'm working on getting better about that. But I am actually, my attention is demanded frequently. Um, you know, my clients and my family are always going to come first. My friends are going to get my attention after that. But, you know, when I get texts like that, I'm like, oh, I love her. But that one's got like, I got stuff today. I got stuff. It's got to go down there. I got back to her last night at four. She sent me the text Wednesday morning. The reality was for my self-care, that I couldn't, I couldn't give her a real ear. Like I couldn't actually give her the 20 minutes or more that she needed. So, and I wasn't gonna give her half of me. She was gonna get all of me. But she had to wait till last night at four. And by the time I actually called her, I was blown away. Blown away at what she shared with me a little bit about how I wasn't there for when she needed me in a really, really dark moment. But I never call anybody. Y'all, I hate the phone. It is my nemesis more than anything. I was sad that I had waited so long to call her, but I was so, so happy that I'd called her. We could not have had that conversation over text. I am just the same as you guys are. Without those genuine connections, we are losing those empathy skills. We are disconnected left and right. So what happens to our brains, to that emotional center when we feel disconnected? We experience stress, burnout, physical illness. We are becoming more and more disconnected. One thing that I wanted to read to you that I thought was really, really interesting, so I'm actually gonna read the exact sentence to you, which I hate to do, but 
counterintuitively, the pain of isolation that makes us more likely the pain of isolation makes us more likely to lash out at other people that we are feeling alienated from. It makes us more likely to fight them than to hug them. The pain of isolation can make us more likely to lash out at the people that we feel alienated from. It causes a fight or flight activation. We are more likely to fight them than to hug them. And therefore, the cycle, the, the cycle of disconnection and isolation goes on and on and on. So how does this lead to love thy neighbor? How can I create community? If you don't know what the problem is, if you don't know what it looks like, if you don't know the real live effects of the problem, you can't start to create the change, right? So that was me painting the picture for you. Um, very pretty obvious there. John 13, 20 says, very truly I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me. And whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. That should be enough. What's your color? Are you black and white or are you gray? I kind of hope you're neither, right? That should be enough. So that wonderful mother-in-law of mine, Granny Franny, got another call from me last week. She'll be here next week, by the way. I'll make sure to send her around. Um, we'll be at Mass next weekend. I said, Granny Franny, I said, here's the deal. You have a homework assignment. And see, this is me connecting. People love this stuff. I go, you have a homework assignment, Granny Franny. See, I'm connecting, and she, and she knows that I need her because I did need her, and I wanted her help, and her opinion mattered to me. Therefore, we're even more connected than we were the day before. So, Granny Franny, I have this presentation. It's very different, and it's not about teen depression. It's not about anxiety. It's about connection, and it's about Christianity, and it's about us, and it's about change. I said, I need you to come up with something good. I, need the I basically said, you're coming up with the clincher. Okay, so Granny Franny's from Tennessee, and my name isn't Jill, my name is Jill. It's three syllables. And she's like, Jill, I got Jill. Oh, I love this assignment. I mean, she was so excited. Well, what's great about this woman and why she's my spiritual guide is because unwaveringly, she has practiced what Becky preaches. Unwaverly for years, 5 a.m., that alarm goes off, she grabs her Bible, she goes to her corner, it's the same corner, she reads her scripture of the day, every single day, and that's how she starts her day. She's a social worker that places foster children, and she's a good, good, good cook. She's all of it. So I said, Granny Franny, I need, I need the clincher, I need the clincher. And she's like, girl, you don't need a clincher. It's this simple. Jesus spent more time demonstrating his love for people than talking about his love for people. What else do we need to know? I love that woman. So, looking at my, looking at my clock here. 
I set the stage. So again, I ask you to look inside yourselves. Do you see things in black and white? My husband is totally black and white. I come from a family that is totally black and white. There's only one Jill Larson. She's a little wackadoodle, but I am who I am, right? They look at things completely differently, but I, I choose to take my own angle. You don't have to be your family. You don't have to be your spouse. You don't have to be your brother. How do you see things, black and white? Do you view things from all angles? I think I wrote two angles there. That's just silly. There are 100 angles to every single situation. Can you scratch the surface? When you make a judgment, when you assume that somebody is lazy, when you assume that somebody disrespects you, can you step back from it for a minute? Call the entire concept into question. Why do I feel that way? How do I know that person's lazy? How do I know what's happening in the world? How do I know that maybe they didn't mis misinterpret kind of, you know, a run-in that we had two years ago? Do you view actions as right or wrong? If you do, I'm going to ask you to step back. I'm going to ask you to look at it differently. I'm going to ask you to ask yourselves what was going on in that person's mind at that time. What was going on in that person's family at that time? Were they under some type of stress? Because you see, with compassion, empathy comes connection. And in there resides the shade of gray. So what I implore or ask of you guys today while I have you for 45 short, short minutes is what change do you want to see? So, you know, Bob's goal is going to be very, very different than my goal. Paul is here too. I just noticed Paul is here. I'm so glad I didn't notice that earlier again. Dang it. So Paul's goal may be different than my goal. John's goal may be different than my goal. How do you want to see your, your specific world differently? Oh my gosh, you guys, your world can be so many things. Is it just you and your neighbor next door? Is it your relationship with your hairdresser? Is it, I don't know why I said that, but you know, you might really love your hairdresser. Is it your relationship with your children, with your estranged child? What about your ex-husband? What about your coworker that you have resented for years? Are you upset with your faith? I work in death and dying. People are upset with their faith in my office every single day. And we talk through it. And we try to see it from all sorts of angles. So what do you want to see change for you personally or in your personal environment? Now ask yourself, what change are you willing to make in your behavior to create the change? I told you it wasn't going to go easy on you today. And if we had time, I'd make you sit in a little meditative pause, also one of my favorite words from the day, a little pause to sit and really, really think about it. So I'm gonna implore you guys, if you're not, if things just aren't popping to the top of the surface right now, I want you to give this some good thought on your way home. If you came with somebody, discuss it in the car. Accountability goes a long way. So start small, okay? This can be really intimidating. In order to be successful at reconnecting, at owning your own stuff, 
at wanting to create change, we have to start small. Global's too much, it's too intimidating. So set two goals for yourself, um, two things that you can do or two ways that you wanna personally change this week, just two. More than that, you're more than likely gonna feel too intimidated, too overwhelmed and not follow through. Two things. So is that checking in on two of your oldest friends that you haven't heard from in eons and eons? Maybe you've been in a riff with one for the last couple years and there's not much communication between the two of you again. Why are you in a riff? Do you even remember? Two years later, does it matter? Walk outside and talk to your neighbor. Wait, here's, here's the big word, intentionally. So my mom calls this the garage generation. We all pull into our garages, we get our groceries out, we open up that little, oh, we, clo we close the garage door before we go inside. Are you kidding me? Dude, Dawn might be walking by with the dog. I can't do Dawn today. Right, garage door down. You grab your groceries and then you walk inside. All right, so back in the day, like nobody had fences. It was all one big yard. Hey, Don, what's up? How's Chewy? Like you'd walk in, you probably wouldn't say, hey, Don, what's up in the 50s or 60s, but you know what I'm saying. There was, there was eye contact and connection every single day. Not anymore, not in the garage generation. So go talk to your neighbor intentionally. If you hear that they're outside doing yard work, a rarity in Scottsdale, I know that, but you go outside and you peek your head over the wall. Tom, how's Joey? How's T-Ball? What's going on? Just wanted to check in. Oh my goodness. Did you see the, you know, the artwork in that house, in that yard, three doors down, whatever. Make connection. Be intentional. Because do you guys realize that we are intentionally shutting ourselves off? There's no other way to look at it. Help somebody at the grocery store. So can you help somebody load their groceries into the back of their car maybe? Or can you maybe move over and let the person who appears to be in a big rush behind you through? Or possibly pay it forward. Whatever it is, if you see somebody struggling in one of those buggies and they can't reach for what they need to reach for, I've seen it, it happens. A couple of y'all just keep walking by. Stop, hey, do you need something? Can I help you? Can I grab that five minute rice for you? Because the reality is, crew, get over yourselves, you're not really that busy. That's me being hard, I just said get over yourselves. But I actually mean it. I'm just as busy as you are, I'm way too busy. I haven't really talked to my family in two weeks. Again, I'm superhuman. I'm not superhuman, I'm human. I really haven't talked to my family in two weeks. I have a lot going on right now. I'm not happy about that. I feel disconnected currently. I love you guys, cannot wait to go home. Haven't seen my daughter in days. I'm busy, I get it. I'm never too busy to help somebody. I'm never too busy to help somebody. Even if for just a minute, or maybe that phone call is gonna have to wait a day and a half. But I'm always gonna call you. Learn, be curious, wanna know, learn about depression, 
Learn about non-binary genders. Learn about Snapchat. Learn about Twitter. Ask your kids. Ask your neighbors. Social media is here to stay. We all need to put boundaries around it. Heck yes. But if you are in the mindset of this is a fad, that is a fad, this too will pass, what you're saying is, I don't care to know, I don't want to know, my way is right, that way is wrong, I'm just fine right here, I'll just wait till it all comes back my way. And you're disconnecting. Or you're telling somebody else that something they're interested in is not of interest to you. And the way they think is not of interest to you. So really, I am of the mentality, I don't care if something's a fad. I'm not going to marry it. But I want to know about it because I want to experience what other people experience because when I can experience with other people, we're connected to one another. And I know that I just added somebody into my world that hopefully will listen to me when need be. We are choosing to isolate ourselves. I'm asking you guys to choose to connect. Be interested. All right. So, with five minutes left, real love, real acceptance, real connection occurs somewhere in between of all of that. That's where the world lights up. Don't get comfortable being in the desert. We all are kind of deserted in some way. And again, we're choosing it because we have more control if, in our world if we're not inviting other people in. If I don't ask my mom about her opinion on this topic, then I can't let her down, then I can't disappoint her, and then I don't have to do what she tells me. So basically, I'm gonna shut her out and I'm gonna end up feeling alone. I just thought this was really cool. It really serves no purpose. I think there's a coffee cup up there and if somebody was outside during break, I was like, if I don't get a hot cup of coffee right now, maybe that, it's a big world, that's my point. Big enough that there's 7.7 billion people in this world and we are the most disconnected we have ever been as one giant community ever. So my fam, St. Pat's, how can you make an impact? Small. Two things this week. Two things this week. This is the coolest video ever. And just this week, I learned how to embed my own YouTube videos into a PowerPoint presentation, and I failed, because it doesn't work. The point of it being, we are gonna watch a video in just a second to wrap this up, but the point of it being this, there are several new studies that have come out in the last two years about making eye contact with the homeless. And so this is an amazing piece. Um, just go home and Google, not this video, but just go home and Google um, eye contact with the homeless. Beautiful, beautiful stories. And men and women that are coming forward and just saying simply, I'm not invisible. And because you're too uncomfortable to make eye contact with me, I feel worthless and I feel invisible. You don't have to give me a penny but please acknowledge me when you walk by. Because really, you guys, get over yourselves. You're not that busy. I'm asking all of you to be 
mindful and to be intentional because the world's not going to change if it doesn't start changing one person at a time. So with that being said, oh, oh that's over. Okay, now. Jess, am I, am I loaded again? Okay, so it's just me, my name. It says thank you. <laughs> there it is. All right, crew, you guys know where to find me. I, every time I come to St. Pat's, you guys find me afterwards. Once you know me, I'm your friend forever. So feel free to um, send me an email. Uh, make a request for um, how I can approach this topic differently. I have gotten some great feedback from St. Patrick's before, and I'm always, always, always open to it. Um, with that being said, and before I excuse you, like you're, you know, in third grade for, the, for recess, I have some announcements. So, um, as always, year four, thank you guys for participating. We're, we are going to do a survey online again. You will notice on the back of your badge that there is a website. Um, I happened to check it out last night just by happenstance because I'm Jill McMahon and I wanted to know what time I was presenting today and I didn't know that before 10 o'clock last night. Um, that's how I fly. But the survey is already up. It'll be ready to go as soon as you make it to your cars. And it, I know that it helps the crew here quite a bit plan for next year and make sure that we get more great speakers out for you guys. So if you could pretty please, maybe you can add that to your two things this week. Number one, fill out the St. Pat's survey. That would be excellent. You can keep your name tags, but we would love the lanyards back. And there is a box in the back of the room. It's propped up against the wall. Basically says lanyards here. Becky will be back on Monday. Becky, I'm sorry, I'll be in Las Vegas. I will miss you. I'm gonna be doing very holy things in Las Vegas though. Um, morning retreat, Monday morning, she'll be here from nine to 12.30 here in Finland making hope real and I'm actually very, very sad that I'm going to be um, missing that couple hours with her. Then again, Monday night, praying in our lives. That's from 6.30 to 8 in the church. Um, and last but not least, number four says, go pick your kids up from childcare. Don't leave them here. Have a great Saturday, guys. Love you always. Appreciate your support. <laughs>